0: The city of Hamilton, where I record this podcast, is situated upon the traditional territories of the Erie, Neutral, Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, and Mississaugas. Hamilton is home to many Indigenous peoples from across Turtle Island, and this land acknowledgement is a small gesture to recognize the rich history of this land and my role as a settler, neighbor, partner, and caretaker. I also stand in solidarity with the murdered, and missing indigenous women, girls, transgender, and two-spirited peoples, and all those who seek justice on their behalf. Miigwech. Thank you. Welcome to the arena, where sometimes the hardest part is showing up. My name is Linda McLaughlin. Thank you for being here. I'm delighted to speak to Özlem Özkan. She's a vibrant, curious, and fearless woman. We met recently, and I was interested in her story. Thank you for listening. This is episode 24. Nice to see you.
1: Nice to see you too.
0: Özlem, Özkan, thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly.
1: Yeah, you definitely did pronounce it correctly. Thank you so much, Linda.
0: I have an intro for you. You're a daughter and sister, and you're a bit of a nomad, having lived in several countries. It seems a place is not simply a destination to you, but an opportunity to experience life in that place on as many levels as possible. You've had several different careers, from sales to education, and now writing and podcasting. And again, in each of those things, they allow you to bring all of yourself and your experiences to bear. Your podcast, Bridging, focuses on entrepreneurship, cultural diversity, self-empowerment, and personal growth. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the arena, Muslim.
1: Thank you so much for the much generous introduction, Linda. It touches my heart.
0: In looking at your background, in some ways, you had events in your life and circumstances that perhaps weren't ideal but you seem to be the kind of person who will wrap your arms around those experiences and make the best of them.
1: Yeah, I think I became that person. The more things I went through, I became that. And for me, there was always a narrative in my head, which was playing and playing again all the time. And narrative was very basic. Like I come from a Multicultural family. My parents are Turkish, born in the Netherlands, raised by them in the Netherlands. At home, we had a Turkish culture, but actually, the culture, the values that they grew up with in a very small village in Turkey and outside the Dutch culture. So I found myself really in between a lot when I was a child, and I was a lot stuck in this. That's what I felt. That was the story I was telling myself. I was really uh, looking for how to get out and find myself, who I am. I felt so much in identity crisis because my parents, my family had some expectations from me. I had my own expectations. So it was difficult. And for me also... You know, when you go through different things, some people internalize things and some people externalize. And I was doing both. I was internalizing it outside. People outside of the house saw me always says, this is a good girl. She studies, kind person, this and this and that. But at home, I was very externalizing. I was a rebel, full rebel. At the end, for the outside world, because also from our culture, what came from the Turkish culture I grew up with was don't show anyone any weakness outside, nothing. My mom even grew up in a village where her mom said to her, When we do not eat meat, because they couldn't provide to buy animal, then you just get a tooth stick and you Do outside as if you are putting the tooth stick between your teeth. So people think you have eaten meat or we have eaten meat. You know, it was super, super difficult. I got eating disorders, which I did not write actually in my book. But for me, the people they knew me out was a different person than the people knew me inside of the house. I was super scared to show my vulnerability outside. I was super, super scared. And when I finished my education, I was living in this immigrant neighborhood in the Netherlands with a lot of Turkish and Moroccan people, which I love to death. But I was, I knew only that and my studies, the college, that's what I knew. And I was like, I want to get out of here. I just want to explore the wide world. What is more out there? I don't know. And I'm curious. And my parents, as immigrant parents, they did everything for us to make us study. For them, it was a very important thing. They are both primary educated because they were farmers. And so it was for me a very difficult decision to study in the Netherlands. They also expect from me to get a job full time as a pedagogue or as a teacher because I studied both. And then pushing that away <laughs> that's what i did including also pushing away the values i grew up with as a turkish girl you do not leave the home before you get married and it might sound for you or your audience that's so weird or but that was a very big block in my life i was like i cannot leave this house because i can leave only leave when i get married it was such a huge thing for me and I didn't even have a boyfriend and I was like, I don't want to even get married. I don't want this. I like my freedom. So I decided in my early 20s, after I finished school, working full time, I'm just going to go to Istanbul, but still waiting for confirmation from my parents. Yeah, It was so much indoctrinated. And then my parents said, yeah, go to a summer school, six, seven weeks. I went, but I stayed for five years. When I was there, I was like, I'm out of the bubble where where I was in. And there I really started discovering myself. And all of a sudden, many things fell at place. Not all of things, but many. It was so easy for me to... Blame my parents or my culture or, I don't know, any other person's situation, my work. Because of that, I couldn't do this. Because of this, you know, pointing to people. That's super easy thing you can do. Actually, I have done it for many years. And then I was like, hey, but now I recognize that it isn't my parents It is not the work. It is not this friend. It is not this ex. It's all here in me. That's how I started looking more inside of me, but it was very slightly. It wasn't like, because it was also scary.
0: How did that impact you internally You mentioned the eating disorder. Was that your way of coping?
1: I wrote, I started writing when I was a child. That was my biggest friend. And many things I wrote in there was about a lot of Mm. (laughs) self-sabotage. I just stopped myself because of the narrative I was telling. But when people that I was attached wasn't there in my physical area, I could see more like, I am scared, actually. (laughs) I am scared that I will fail. I am scared that I will be rejected. I am scared that I can't. A lot of fears bubbled up, which I did not process initially, because instead of really going through my fears, I just made someone else responsible for it. I gave my source literally away in my mind. No one took it, but I gave it away. And so five years living in Istanbul, I just got to know myself a little bit better. But then when after five years, I came back to Amsterdam and I met a friend and he is doing a self-awareness course and he introduced me to this course. And in this course, I learned a lot about my own limiting beliefs about myself and the book, the student, what I have written is about that. I was like, maybe I should this time take a totally different viewpoint instead of hiding myself from who I am, who I really am, showing who I really am. And it is a tribute of being vulnerable. I did not publish the book because I want to say, hey, listen, this is me. You can read about me. It was more like, this is my vulnerable side. And I am Mm. ready to show it, my lights, but also my darkness. Because the moment I knew my darker areas, I could change them if I wanted to change them.
0: What do you hope that others will learn from reading your book, which is called The Student? What do you hope to give to the world through telling your story?
1: What I hope to give the reader, if the reader is ready to receive it, let's say that, is everything, what happens to us, for us in the world is in our hands. We cannot maybe change the circumstances, but we can change the way we react to it. We can change the way we think about it, the narrative. And sometimes, often actually, when you do not want to write that book, when you do not want to go on that date, when you do not want to commit to something, you don't do it because there's a fear in you. When you do yell at a person, for example, as I did in one of the pieces in my book, there's something going here. And the interactions I have, I have written about interactions with people in, these are 13 stories in different countries where I have lived or have traveled. Each interaction with a person has taught me something about myself. And I also have learned if I would change my behavior, then that interaction would be also different if I wish that it is different. Because you always have an opportunity of how you want to think and react or not react. Being passive is also a reaction, is also a choice.
0: What event in your life has had the most profound impact on you?
1: Wow. (laughs) I did not expect this question. Oh, many actually, (laughs) really many. One of the most I, I, I can say I think my move to Istanbul from Amsterdam, not Amsterdam, mm. but another city in the Netherlands, that has changed me tremendously. It was a really breakthrough in my own way. I got to discover myself, who I am without anyone that I knew was around me. So I had to build my own tribe with my work, with my friends, with the places I lived that taught me many things, but also I think the awareness courses that I have been doing when I started seven years ago, there was also a huge impact because I really had to look in the mirror, really look in integrity to myself without anyone saying who I am or who I am not, but myself telling myself, okay.
0: What surprised you about what you saw in the mirror?
1: You ask really good questions, Linda. (laughs) Very good question. I think what really surprised me is one thing, which I was not aware at all. My kindness, my compassion, my love to others, to other beings is now super different than it used to be. Because in this mirror, seven, eight years ago, when I looked, I used that in order to get what I wanted. I used that for selfish reasons. That shocked me the most. I was like, whoa. And honestly, I think many people do that. It doesn't mean it is a good thing to do. But I was because... I wanted to get that. I was kind to my ex, for example, because I wanted to be with him. Or there there was not that much that I found back then that came from a genuine space. Something without expectations. Actions without expectations. And I'm not saying now, seven, eight years later on, after writing a book, one book only... I came to a point where I am only genuine. No. But I can feel the difference between when I am genuine and when I'm not genuine. And what I do is at the moment, especially in a moment of stillness, and during a meditation or before I go to bed, when I write in my journal, I can sometimes catch myself of am I genuine? Or not. If I already can feel that I'm not genuine, I don't move forward. I just pass there. But when I feel it comes from a genuine side, I just go for it. And Mm -hmm. even though, by the way, uh, Linda, that's uh, I think what I really learned a lot is, even though the other person in front of me might feel or think that's not genuine, that's his own thing or her own thing needs to deal with. He might think whatever he thinks, actually. But if I strongly feel I'm not genuine, I do not act. And if I feel it and the whole world thinks it's not, I still act. I'm more connected with my, uh, I don't know how to term to say that, with my being, much more connected with who I Mm. am really. And that's on a spiritual domain, I would say. It's not something that you can grasp by thinking or intellectual. And it is for everyone different.
0: What does living courageously mean to you?
1: Living courageously means for me finding or if you feel that you have a space, it can be a job, it can be a country, it can be a partner, it can be work. Where you feel this is the right place for me, and I want to be here because when I'm here, I contribute to a much better world. Just stepping into that place, regardless of what others do or think. I give you an example in my neighborhood or the place I grew up, maybe one percent or 0.5 percent left the house or went abroad but I didn't know how it looked like what it was but I felt it and I just took that leap and living courageously means also for example you are a Harvard graduate MIT graduate and you have done all these great things the high school the master MBA all these things but still saying after you have done it and you feel something, it's not right. You wanna do other work. You wanna be more creative. Or maybe they are also creative, but you wanna do something else. I'm not talking about an impulsive decision, but something really deep in you when you get still, you feel it. Wants to do that? Do it. That is for me living courageously. And it's also being vulnerable being really vulnerable if you have a date and you really like the guy just saying it to him instead of thinking what i used to always thought oh i need to wait till he says something what if he says no yeah then he says no but you are the one that feels that you really like him just say it he might not like you okay and you, he might also like you, by the way. He might also say, I wanted to say that too. I don't know what happens, but that is courageous.
0: Putting it out there.
1: Yeah, putting it out there. And and one other sample, I would say, living courageous is also being sometimes actively passive. For example, you walk on the streets and there's a car coming And really going very fast and you almost just, I don't know, something happens there, but nothing happens. It's easy to put yourself in an energy field and say, (gasps) whatever you want to say. It's super easy to do that because that's also what your body wants at that moment. But it's more courageous to pause for a moment. And... Not react because the car has also gone. Why do you put yourself in that energy field? Love yourself enough to that happens. It's gone. Now I just move forward again.
0: As opposed to, as you say, yelling after the driver and yes, getting or using any getting words. pulled into that. Yes. Yeah,
1: getting pulled into that choice you know, words. This is, yeah. yeah, this was with the driver, but it can be at your work happening. Or someone that is really mean to you, that you feel is mean, is showing rude behavior. I'm not saying over, how do you say that in English? Let it just say, oh, you can do anything to me or uh, don't Right, don't be a pushover. Yeah. But I think we need to really feel every situation uniquely. Because sometimes at moments we think we will be a pushover. We are actually not a pushover. You need to mm. really feel it uniquely, every situation. It also means, for example, if someone really treats you bad, says uses cuss words to you, you can say always, I don't want you to use this to me. I do not mm. deserve this. That's also courageous.
0: What impact do you want to leave on the world?
1: What I would like to leave is I want to support people in finding and standing in their own power, whatever that power for them is. It might be different than mine, than yours, than person X. That is really what I would like to leave. And I used to have these big ideas about it or something, you know, I need to start that or this. A few years ago, when I listened to one of the podcasts or YouTube things, from Oprah Winfrey. She said like she has a school in South Africa. And mm-hmm. she said, when I opened this school with the support of Nelson Mandela, he initiated it together with her. She called Maya Angelou and said, yeah, this is my legacy. I This is what I always wanted. This is my legacy. And she did already so many other things also on, on her t- TV show. And Maya Angelou, she reacts with, Your legacy is every person you talk to, every person you touched. And it can be this, what I said about the support and helping people to stand in their own powers. Also, my neighbor that I talk to when I just go to my groceries or it can be someone in my classroom. It can be someone that I coach. It can be someone that read only one sentence in the book. That's what I would like.
0: One of my previous guests called it accidental impacts.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. nice you You may never know the impact that you have on someone, and so making a conscious choice to, as much as possible, making it a positive one. What would you do on your last day?
1: I would love to rent a beautiful house in the south coast of Turkey. I would invite my friends and family. I have family in France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, but also friends from all over the world. I would invite them to this house. I will cook a lovely dinner for them. And I will make sure that we together enjoy life, regardless of our backgrounds, cultures, color of skin our beliefs, our religions, regardless of anything, and dance, just dance.
0: Sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking. This so beautiful. It's such an honor to have a conversation with you, Linda.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I learned so much by speaking to each of my guests, and I take away something from each conversation. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, my final thought would be for everyone that is listening. Just be still for a moment, maybe right now. And ask yourself the question, what am I doing? Where I am at? And do I want to be here? If you want to be there and what you do, just stay. And if not, just leave. I would (laughs) say that. (laughs) I have actually another final thought if you... Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, of
0: course. I actually Mm -hmm.
1: um, would like to read a short paragraph from my book, The Student, and it is in the conclusion. Lead your life with your heart. Don't forget that you are human with all your imperfections. Spread yourself around the universe in a way that is authentically you. And never stop being yourself. Wherever you can find yourself, follow it. At your spiritual place, at home, in your classroom, at work, with your friends. Lean on that strength of your inner self. Stop leading yourself by fear. Stop distrusting others and throw out your biases and judgments about others and yourself. Find in every resistance a chance to get to know yourself. Lead with kindness and authenticity. Rip your past and future thoughts into a thousand pieces and don't leave any room for pride and ego. Believe in that higher power, whatever that is for you, and trust that all imperfections of the universe will lead you exactly at the right time to the right transformation. And most importantly, wherever you can be in peace, be it.
0: That is just Mm. off the charts. Perfect. This has been such a privilege to get to know you a little bit more.
1: Yeah, same here. Hmm. Thank you so much, Linda.
0: And how can listeners tune in to your podcast called Bridging? Maybe tell us a little bit more about the premise behind your podcast?
1: Yeah. So the bridging podcast is about bridging people and actually taking the audience, the listener on a bridge to somewhere else. And sometimes it's a familiar place. Sometimes it's a new place. My guests, they do that. They come in Mm. and they bring a knowledge about entrepreneurship, personal growth, and cultural diversity. And usually they have gone through Things in their life. These are life experiences, life Mm -hmm. lessons, and not really lessons from a book. So, we already have made 29 episodes, and they can find it on all uh, channels. Plus, also, I have a YouTube channel. I I think it doesn't even have a name, but when you look me up on Ozkan Ozlem, O Z K A N O Z L E M dot com, I blog daily. They can check out the book and uh, I'm also going to start with a coaching practice for people that are interested in uh, standing in their own power.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Linda, for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and if you feel someone else might benefit from listening to this episode, please share it. Leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please follow my blog, where I continue to explore how to show up more courageously, visit my website at www.lindamclaughlin.com. I look forward to sharing my next guest's story about getting the golden ticket to move from Vietnam to the United States when she was 10 years old. Education and learning have been lifelong passions for her, and she is a self-described possibilitarian. Until next time... My name is Linda McLaughlin in The Arena.